0: Welcome to Between Two Barrels, a twice weekly podcast recorded at Studio 66 presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Between Two Barrels is a show that highlights legends of all shapes and sizes from across the state of Tennessee. From the queen of country Dolly Parton to the elusive Tennessee Wildman, from our head distiller to our legendary staff and products. On this show you will learn some terms of the alcohol industry as well as learn some awesome recipes for food and cocktails alike. Join us as we journey through the volunteer state to bring you stories of legends that involve the beautiful state of Tennessee, from country music as well as rock and roll royalty, cryptids, distillery origins, carbonated beverage beginnings, and everything in between. This show truly highlights what makes a legend a Tennessee legend.
1: what's up legends welcome back to another episode of the between two barrels podcast and it is officially the day after christmas we hope you had a very merry christmas or happy hanukkah kwanzaa whatever you yourself celebrate we hope this season and these holidays are being very kind to you and uh there's no better way to just say it uh we we had such great festive episodes leading up to Christmas and I thought it was only fair that we talk about the other side of Christmas and the anti claus Yes. The evil version of Christmas. Um, if you have not seen the 2015 horror comedy Krampus, I highly recommend it for its laughs. And it's extremely cheesy dialogue and deaths. I highly recommend it. But... B, before we get to that, hope you had a Merry Christmas.
0: As well as you and your family, man. Uh, I mean, I know it's been a really trying time for you guys this year uh, in several aspects, but hopefully the holidays have found a little reprieve mm. from some of that stuff for you guys. Um, and hopefully the, the new year brings a lot more uh, fortune mm-hmm. and uh, less misfortune in any capacity. <laughs> um for you and, and anybody that this yes. is in your bubble circle, uh, uh, realm as it were. But yeah, yes, um, thank you. uh, yes. hoping, hoping that, uh, that is the case. And, and as of this, yeah, I mean, we did have what, what was a really good time. Um, uh, mm-hmm. lots of family over, even some extended family, um, the, the in laws come in from Jamestown and uh not only did they bring uh the the extended family as far as the in laws, you know, past Heather, you know, Heather, mm-hmm. Tim. Yeah. Uh Tim and Heather's uh um his actual daughter, Heather's adopted daughter, Kiona, mm-hmm. uh her boyfriend, um Timmy's mom, uh and even one of their neighbors um out there in Jamestown wound up stopping by uh, and we also had the, the cousins that just moved into town, mm-hmm. uh, his mom and son, uh, my mother-in-law. And then of course that was just during the day. Uh, but, um, my mom's sister, uh, younger brother, um, Mallory's husband, uh, Dylan and their daughter, my niece, Carolina, uh, wound up coming over and hanging out with us for the night and, uh, mom, you know first time we've actually had someone really stay over in our house for quite some time so that's been a, a little bit of an adjustment um because that's something that we really haven't been used to uh we really didn't have the space in our old house uh and in this new house a situation where we had the availability had mm. the room you know everything else so uh actually being able to have people stay over overnight for the holidays uh, definitely a new experience. So Absolutely. Just a good old-fashioned family Christmas. But, yeah, uh, there was there was no, no presence of Krampus, yeah. uh, as it were, even though I probably could have been considered Krampus at some points in time. Not well, throughout the, the holidays, but, but throughout
1: the year. The stress gets uh, to you. As it were. But. Now that we've seen the movie, anytime there isn't an, even an inkling, no matter where we're at, a restaurant, a house, wherever we are, there's an, even an inkling on a noise of a noise on the roof. Madison now is like... I just assume that every time there's a noise on the roof, it's Krampus now. <laughs> so um, it, it did have that effect. As silly of a horror movie as it is, I, I do recommend it. Uh, it does do some really good lore diving of Krampus, though, which is actually what we're going to be doing today. We celebrated Santa Claus. Now it's time to celebrate the Auntie claus
0: Yeah, um, the only real reference, because I haven't seen the movie, something I'm definitely going to have to check out. Uh, I may wind up doing that today at some point uh, or over the weekend uh, whenever I got a little bit of time coming up. Um, But the only reference, other than, you know, just hearing different stories and stuff like that, uh, an episode of American Dad, where. Uh, Stan's father had apparently trapped Krampus several years back whenever Stan would have been a child uh, and then Steve accidentally winds up releasing Krampus uh, and Steve is actually being a very bad child and and Krampus winds up taking him to his uh, lair, Mm -hmm. wherever that may be uh, and Krampus winds up taking more of a, a persona of a a guy whose girlfriend left him and stuff like that and that's what caused him to to lash out like he does in a sense Um, but Krampus if you do not know or have not seen any sort of pictographical representation Mm -hmm. or descriptive word representation of what Krampus is uh, Krampus is a horned anthropomorphic figure in the central and eastern alpine folklore who during the Advent season scares children who have misbehaved. He is said to be an assistant to St. Nicholas or Santa Claus, and the pair of visit children on the night of December the 5th, with St. Nicholas rewarding the well-behaved children with gifts such as oranges, dried fruit, walnuts, and chocolate, while the badly behaved ones only receive punishment from Krampus with birch rods. So... There have been so many tales, so many stories, and it's very evident in so many different cultures that stories were used to be a form of control. I mean, in a sense, the parents using, oh, you don't go out there because there's, I'm going to throw out a Don Knotts. There's the Wookalar. Yeah. You don't go out there because the Wookalar is out there. And if, you know, you are out there past dark, the Wookalar will get you. But basically they're saying don't be out there because there's the nocturnal animals or whatever. You know, you could get hurt, lost, you know, this wild creature eat you or whatever. Yeah. But, oh, I can't say, oh, the the wild boar. Oh, something that we hunt and eat. Mm Mm-hmm. Or the the fox, the the, the wolf, the, wolf the, coyotes, the coyote, or whatever around here. you know. Oh, those things that we normally hunt. No, you had to to make it larger than life. Mm-hmm. The Wooly uh, boogers out there. Yeah, the this whatever this creature is going to going to get you if you don't do this. And in the same way, you know, if you're good in in the song, which we didn't really cover, he's making a list. He's yeah. checking it twice. You yeah. know. Um, Santa giving out the good stuff, Krampus doled out the the negative, the punishment, mm-hmm. so if you were bad, you weren't going to get a visit from Santa Claus, no, Krampus is going to come give you a whooping with all the, the birch rods that he's got, the switches. Yeah. Basically. Um, the origin, however, of the figure is unclear. Some folklorists and anthropologists have postulated that it may have pre-Christian origins, which of course we know that a majority of all these things have come from some sort of uh, pagan, Norse, Mm -hmm. um, Roman, even, you know, um, holiday traditions based around this time of year. And as it said, even to begin with in that first paragraph, they visited on December the 5th. So it's going off of more of the Christmas tide or Christmas time mm-hmm. with it starting earlier in the month as opposed to closer to what
1: what today is today
0: is, is the, yeah. the 25th um, in traditional parades and in such events as the Krampuslauf or English translation is the Krampus Run some mm-hmm. of these are actually easier to pronounce than some of the other ones that we've had to deal with over the last several, re- several weeks whenever it comes to German uh, but young men dressed as Krampus attempt to scare the audience with their antics. Such events occur annually in most Alpine towns, and Krampus is featured on holiday greeting cards called Krampus Carton. Now, as far as what they're talking about in terms of Alpine folk folklore, they're referring to the Alps, just the ah. area surrounding the Alps. Um, just this... Right, the Swiss Alps. The Alps are, of course, the highest and most extensive mountain range that is entirely in Europe, stretching approximately 1,200 kilometers or, for us here in the States, 750 miles across eight alpine countries, including Monaco, France, Switzerland, Italy, Liechtenstein, Germany, Austria, and Slovenia. Slovenia. Now, the figure itself has been imported into, of course, American pop culture, and, as we mentioned, has appeared in movies, TV, and games. Now, the etymology, Mm. the the origins of the word... Krampus. um, ...is thought to come from either Bavarian krampen, meaning dead, rotten, or from the German kramp or krampen, meaning claw. The Krampus is considered to be half-goat, half-demon monster in some legends, and of course, regardless of the appearance, its role is to punish bad children or to scare them into being good. Probably the earlier forms, you know, deal with the children first, then we're going to start telling these stories to anybody who's going to believe it, and then shortly, you know... Yeah. And going beyond Krampus, going far before Krampus, and like I was talking about, you know, the woolly bugger, those types of things, that's the type of stuff that eventually would lead to organized religion or just any sort of of ruling body. You are going to provide something for a mass of people, whether it be Mm -hmm. a thought, an ideology, something tangible or whatever that is the... Lesser of evils, mm-hmm. or the the better thing to keep you away from whatever.
1: But that mentality is is how the elders controlled the village, and and not Shyamalan's the village. Yeah, there's something out there, the creatures.
0: Yeah, they're gonna get you.
1: And, and all it is all it is is them in suits. Yeah, perpetuating the story. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just to be able to, to keep, keep that keep that control that
1: that and all they do, all they state. want all they want is to keep them from going through the woods and finding out that it's not the 1800s like that's all right. they really want is like yeah. oh they just don't want them to go to the towns right they unquote. don't
0: yeah they don't want them to know that that time has and ex- that
1: becomes extended far their beyond their religion their way of life because yeah. they've controlled this narrative and yeah i mean centuries and centuries and millennia ago what started out as stories, to this day, are religions to some. Oh, Just for because sure. it started that way. Yeah. So, that's why I'm...
0: Very much so. Now, the history of the Krampus figure has been theorized as stretching back to pre-Christian Alpine traditions, with celebrations involving Krampus dating back to the 6th or 7th century A.D., now, whereas several things as far as other traditions have been pre, yeah. even more pre Christianity, yeah. um, this is still saying that most of this stuff hasn't come about until
1: AD, mm-hmm. which um, actually stands for Anno Domini, not after death,
0: right? Uh, A little fun fact for you, Anno out Domini there. in the year of our Lord, yeah, in the year yeah. of our Lord, um though there are no written sources before the end of the 16th century. So verbal tales have been told, but nothing was actually documented until the end of the 16th century. Discussing his observations in 1975 while in Erdning, a small town in Styria, not Syria, but Styria, anthropologist John J. Honigman, not John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmitz, <laughs> but John J. Honigman wrote that the St. Nicholas Festival we are describing incorporates cultural elements widely distributed in Europe and in some cases going back to pre-Christian times. Nicholas himself became popular in Germany around the 11th century. The feast dedicated to this patron of children is only one winter occasion in which children are the objects of special attention. Others being Martinus, the Feast of the Holy Innocents and New Year's Day. Masked devils acting boisterously and making nuisances of themselves are known in Germany since at least the 16th century. While animal-masked devils combining dreadful comic antics appeared in medieval church plays. A large literature, much of it by European folklorists, bears on these subjects. And Austrians in the community we studied are quite aware of heathen elements being blended with Christian elements in the St. Nicholas customs and in other traditional winter ceremonies. They believe Krampus derives from a pagan supernatural who was assimilated to the Christian devil. So once again, basically, the Puritans getting into a point of, instead of using the thought process, Oh, we're creating this to be... And this honestly may have been where the the images of the horned red mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. Santa on one side, Krampus on the other we're telling these tales but from someone who can't discern whether it be a language barrier or whatever the case may be maybe that's where the whole image of the devil as the mm. like i said the guy, guy with, with the horns. tail horn you know everything else and the the his uh uh poker pitchfork his pitchfork yeah. was actually the reed rods that the birch I mean, yeah. Reads that Krampus had, and it just got embellished and changed and stuff like that. Yeah. But the Krampus figures persisted, and by the 17th century, Krampus had been incorporated into Christian winter celebrations by pairing Krampus with St. Nicholas. And again, like I said, I wonder if that's just how it, you know, became or how that whole imagery of the devil... Supposedly came to be because I'm su- assuming, with the way that they did with other parts of Christmas, that the Puritans were just basically, oh, this is evil, this is of the devil. Oh, what the, yeah, it was, get married in some care and you know, yeah, it was some guy dressed in red, he had horns and all this other stuff and and a tail and. And he had these, uh, it was some kind of stick for like like smacking or poking somebody, and then it just built from there. Now, in terms of some more modern history, or getting into more modern times, uh, in the aftermath of the 1932 election in Austria, the Krampus tradition was prohibited by the Dolphus regime under the Clerical Fascist Fatherland Front, and the Christian Social Party. I did not know that there was actually a Christian Social Party at any point in time. The Christian Social Party was a major conservative political party in the Cisleithanian crown lands of Austria Hungary and under the First Austrian Republic from 1891 to 1934. The party was affiliated with Austrian nationalism that sought to keep Catholic Austria out of the state of Germany. Now in the 1950s, the government distributed pamphlets titled, Krampus is an Evil Man, for fear that encounters with Krampus might damage children's mental health. Towards the end of the century, a popular resurgence of Krampus celebrations occurred and continues today. So in the 1950s, the government distributed pamphlets titled Krampus is an evil man for fear that encounters with Krampus might damage children's mental health. (laughs) Tell kids about Santa. Don't tell kids about Santa. It's good for them. It's bad for them. Let them figure it out. Don't let them figure it out. Krampus is, you know, a a tool to be able to keep children in line. Don't tell them about Krampus. Krampus isn't real. It's terrible for their
1: mental health. Yeah. Can't pick. But, can't choose what we want to
0: do. Oh oh, I, oh, oh, oh. The guise of wanting to have something done and using the cloak of it being for the betterment of the children has been going on for so freaking long that it goes all the way back. Yeah. Mo- like centuries. Centuries. If we use the excuse that it's for the betterment no, of the, the children, children. It's for the children then, then <sighs> it's, it's automatically like but really, is it really? Are you stopping to think, or are you just blindly going off of it because someone yeah. said it's for the betterment of the children? Or think of the children. Think of the children, but the children love the books. But right. Right, but it's, it's for the betterment of the children that oh, because it's easy to sell it is it's very easy to sell and it, it's just oh just that sentence right there it just it, set you off it did it did um, the Krampus tradition is being revived in Bavaria as well along with a local artistic tradition of hand carved wooden masks in 2019, there were reports of drunken or disorderly conduct by masked Krampuses in some Austrian towns. So, you got a bunch of guys carving wooden Krampus masks, getting drunk and going around and probably Keeping switching the story off. Yeah. It's part of that same thing. Now, as far as we touched on some uh, uh, physical descriptions, we're going to mm. get into some more detail. Um, Although Krampus appears in many variations, most share some common physical characteristics. He is hairy, usually brown or black, and has the cloven hooves and horns of a goat. And his long, pointed tongue lolls out, and he has fangs. So, basically an overgrown chupacabra, Mm. in a sense, but with goat feet. That's basically about it. And then, yeah, in most instances, and like I said, I saw previews, and while he doesn't get fully shown, I mean, that's fairly... Big horns. Yeah, has yeah. the the cloven feet, mm-hmm. cloven hoof feet, uh, hairy, more animalistic. Um,
1: beast. Beauty and the Beast. The, yeah, that looks very much like Is that,
0: that I mean, minus, because... Th- In some iterations, the Beast had horns. Yeah. Um, I know in the animated and, of course, in the live action with uh, Emma. Yeah. Had horns, but I don't think the uh, TV show from back in the 90s, I don't think that one had horns. But you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't think it did in that one. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know is about. this a possibility that, that the character for Beast, Maybe. since since it's French... It is French. You know, I mean, could stories coming out of the Alps and out of Germany and stuff like that have influenced... I mean, if, if people are using all the woolly booger... Yeah. Why... Uh, think Wh- about it.
1: Why not use Beast? Think about it. Why not? Because, I mean... Technically, that that story could. I mean, maybe the person who created Beauty and the Beast as a story, maybe he was like, oh, but what if Krampus? Was cursed? Literally, if literally, he was nice. What, what if, if?
0: Yeah. Why? Why did Krampus become what he was, or <laughs> how did Krampus become Krampus? what he was?
1: What if he fell in love?
0: Yeah, and that's why he's being a an ass is yeah. because you know, he just wants he just wants love. And he's just gonna punish the people who don't. You know Appreciate the things And that's Yeah the Krampus Carries chains Thought to symbolize The binding of the devil By the Christian church He thrashes the chains For dramatic defect The chains <laughs> are Dramatic Sometimes Chains Rattle Rattle Chains Dramatic It's like um, it. <laughs> Almost like uh, Smart Hulk Yeah oh, Yeah This is so demeaning <sighs> Yeah. The chains are sometimes accompanied with bells of various sizes. Of more pagan origins is the root, a bundle of birch branches that Krampus carries and with which he occasionally swats children. The root may have had significance in pre-Christian pagan initiation rites. So I guess they're trying to say that they used to have like Ritualistic Beatings.
1: Sounds like a frat.
0: (laughs) Right? Which lends more into the fact that it's like a a form of control. Yeah. Like uh, the skulls.
1: Nice reference.
0: It's been a while since I've seen that one. Yeah. Um, The birch branches are replaced with a whip in some representations. And sometimes Krampus appears with a sack or basket strapped to his back, and this is to cart off evil children for drowning, eating, or to transport to hell. Cool. Some of the older versions make mention of naughty children being put in the bag and taken away. Now, this quality can be found in other companions of St. Nicholas, such as Zwarte Piet. So it just sounds it's, like the... Uh, ecclesiology, the Christian church is what differed there are different Christian denominations conceive of as being the true body of Christians or the original institution established by Jesus it's interesting very um, but the the once again some of the older versions make mention of naughty children being put in the bag and taken away this This is that I'm using a story to try to Keep you from doing something, as opposed to just telling you, "Don't go do this." Because if I tell you just to don't go do yeah, why this, why can't it just be like you're going to wind up going? Said. Yeah. So,
1: let's make up a I, boogeyman.
0: Growing up, there were certain places or certain areas that we were told that we can't go because, oh, somebody died on those train tracks, or somebody fell off of that trestle and wound up dying, or you know what are the whatever you know somebody got carried off from up there you can't go up there using an urban legend as like again as a means of control the hook, the
1: hook man and yeah don't make out points yeah don't the don't, hook man will get you
0: yeah don't go up there the the psycho who escaped yeah. from the mental ward with yeah with the hook hangs man out there is, it hangs out there and you're going to wind up getting taken off it, it it's that type of stuff, and it's honestly, it all it really is is control. Funny at this point.
1: It's funny, but at the same time, like, come on, right? How rude, right? <laughs> you know?
0: you're you're worried about telling a child that Santa Claus isn't real, or letting them from a certain age to a certain age believe that he's real and then dropping the hammer on him telling him that he's not real and you're worried about what their mental state and capacity is going to be after they find that out and whether or not they're going to be able to trust and believe their parents whenever their parents are telling them the same or other variations of the same BS I mean are you going to sit there and try oh it's okay in this instance but not this instance it's one of my biggest pet peeves. Hi, Peter Griffin here. You really want to know what grinds my gears? Mm. It, that type of mentality, like, it's okay for this, but not for this, even though it's the same damn thing. It's Some okay these, in this instance, but not in this instance, but it's the same yeah. damn
1: thing. Some of these Krampus designs throughout the centuries are...
0: Oh, Terrifying. Oh, this one—it looks like this big goat man with a, a cow tail has a tongue that rivals Gene Simmons. Yeah, and and looks almost like the the one hand up, one hand down, like goat thing on satanic symbolism. Which yeah. I mean, who the hell knows how far back some of these different imagery goes? I mean, because of Krampus wasn't actually like. Written down or or no actual accounts so until the sixteenth century.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean some of these depictions though, you're kind of like, what did goats do to you? Right, I mean when did you one started like, designing, headbutt you did, did you, when you started designing not just Krampus but like the devil and images of demons. Oh, they were like goat. They were like half goat. Right. What why is is goats? It that, yes. Why?
0: Because someone somewhere at some point in time way back when
1: was high and saw and something weird right <laughs> like the, the the old story of the old story of um somewhere in this country, down in Texas, somewhere there's like this old story of like the devil came to play cards, like right this, this traveler was coming to play cards like he they were playing cards one night, and he knocked on the door and asked to to buy in to play and things led from one another and he ended up winning and, and taking like life earnings and stuff like that and and apparently years one of, of these players got a glimpse of him under the table and saw goat legs but that story is like hundreds of years old right so i mean somewhere down the line somebody decided to associate goats with, with demons and hell and the devil and krampus and different stuff i mean all the way back to goat men well in, in roman uh, times uh, uh, you know satyrs satyrs yeah yeah so when did satyrs become like oh they're these little things in, you, in ancient greek and roman you, oh now they're you demons and you, devils well
0: you probably just made the correlation as you had the the um crusaders going out of
1: Oh, yeah. different
0: areas in Europe and going yeah. into other areas in Europe and going from a monotheistic yeah. or taking this monotheistic religion and encountering multiple deities and, and beings and stuff like that. These people far, far before Christianity BCE.
1: And it's very easy to say like, oh those... Had all these different things. Those, and those was, were demons.
0: Yeah, and it's just an easy way to write off whatever that may be because
1: it doesn't fit into...
0: Just like now, I mean... okay, That that wasn't a cute
1: little satyr with a flute. That was a demon.
0: Yeah, there's some basis of truth in fiction.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, so if that is the case, in terms of fictitious characters, in terms of what we see coming out of Middle-earth or creatures in the wizarding world or stuff like that, those things at some point in time something had to exist realistically that would have given someone the thought process or the idea to oh yeah you know to continue that to continue the perpetuating this thought myth whatever the case may be
1: i absolutely truly S- believe that there are very there is a possibility that there are some things in our literature especially our fantasy literature Somewhere down the line, it was real. Right. Dragons.
0: And and with that being the case, and that one has a a lot of information and a lot of stuff that could could easily... Um, there's a, a, a social media influencer is like, okay, T-Rex skulls. You find T-Rex skulls all over the place, but very rarely have you ever found anything else that winds up going along with it. Mm-hmm. Well, if the transition was lizard-like to birds or more, you know, then the the easy answer would be that most of these that you wind up finding were dragon skulls or mm-hmm. are dragon skulls because the hollowed bones that would be beyond what the skull is wind up deteriorating and breaking down far quicker mm-hmm. than anything else would. There's more so body you're than just not finding... Any of the other parts of it because it's far gone and deteriorated, while the skull remains. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely. I mean, I fully, one hundred percent believe in the potential of so much truth in fiction. And if some people were seeing these things, if you go back to sixteenth century, fifteenth century, fourth century, whatever, what if
1: initially there was a guy that ran around with Saint Nicholas? the original saint there could have been the original good roman co- empire good guy cop, that bad cop created this legend that the the basis for the legend of santa claus what if at the time there was a guy right who's like well they weren't good i saw them tripping old lady you could take care of him right and he just well, whipped them with chains and stuff yeah there's truth in fiction,
0: and then like i say the 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 Crusaders and stuff like that, or even before that are seeing some of these different things or have seen whatever and what's the easiest way to write it off it's a it's a demon oh that, was, an that, entity. Was, a, that was a little devil an it was em- a devil yeah it a devil yeah. so it
1: was a ghost it was a demon
0: now going back to and the thought of it being someone who went around directly with, and that was something that was mentioned earlier. Uh, the feast of Saint Nicholas is celebrated in parts of Europe on the 5th or 6th of December. On the preceding evening, when said the 5th of December, Krampus Night or Krampus Knocked, the wicked hairy devil appears on the streets, sometimes accompanying Saint Nicholas and sometimes on his own. Krampus visits homes and businesses. The saint usually appears in the eastern rite vestments of a bishop and he carries a golden ceremonial staff. Unlike North American versions of Santa Claus in these celebrations, Saint Nicholas concerns himself only with the good children while Krampus is responsible for the bad. Nicholas dispenses gifts while Krampus supplies coals and the root. Americans, trying to make things as efficient as possible, combine the two eliminated Krampus and said Santa gives presents to good kids cold to bad kids one man's able to do it all we don't need to be like those British people mm-hmm. we're gonna do it with one person they can have two people or two beings that are doing I it
1: I can easily say like well Krampus was fake now literally se- gaslighting the history of Krampus right by just erasing it
0: like nah yeah, no didn't happen
1: and then over time we're gonna make a film about it but it yeah. didn't really happen yeah
0: We'll use it for monetary gain as mm-hmm. opposed to cultural, you know, continuation. We can't even culturally or, uh, culturally appropriate That's that true. correctly. Now, a seasonal play that spread throughout the Alpine regions was known as the Nikolspiel, or Nicholas play, inspired by Paradise Plays, which focused on Adam and Eve's encounter with a tempter. The Nicholas plays featured competition for the human souls and played on the question of morality. In these Nicholas plays, Saint Nicholas would reward children for scholarly efforts rather than for good behavior. This is a theme that grew in the Alpine regions where the Roman Catholic Church had significant influence. We don't care how you act, as long as you're smart and successful, we're gonna give you stuff. Is that the beginning of the downfall of the American, or or, or just uh, society in general? If you, we are we are valuing at this point we are basically saying we value your your contributions over your morals. Morals, yeah. We value your contributions to society well, if you draw the li- more so than your.
1: Draw the linear comparison <laughs> to. What we said in Cocky Top last week, or two weeks ago now, is that the whole like warning the the wide receiver that he was offsides. Oh, yeah. we like, you know, you usually get a warning, or they might, and the fact that that coach, Andy Reid, and that wide receiver, and Mahomes can. Say the things that they were saying and act the way that they were acting because they're winners. Right. Just like the Patriots could deflate footballs and get a slap on the hand because they were winners. Right. They could steal plays and get a slap on the hand because they were winners. Right. So it absolutely is a thing. We're drawing that parallel of like they're winners. They they bring us money. So like yeah, they really shouldn't be talking that way or doing that. But look what they bring us. Legal for a price? Yeah, legal for a price. I think that, that this type of stuff is, is absolutely where that, that mentality of society started, and it's, it's just rooted into the whole planet at this point. I get it. I totally get it.
0: Do you go nuts about our products at Tennessee Legend Distillery? Do you think our products should be on nuts? Well, look no further than Southern Vet Sweets. At Southern Vet Sweets, they specialize in baked goods and desserts that are sure to tantalize your taste buds. They make a variety of treats from cookies to alcohol-infused delights and modern takes on Southern favorites. They provide custom and bulk orders at southernvetsweets.com. Make sure to look through their catalog of tasty Southern favorites. And not only do they have sweet treats for your taste buds, they are also veteran-owned and operated. And whenever you place your order, tell Jason Tennessee Legend Distillery sent you. We might be here, where we record this, in a, a good place in the event Krampus Israel and Krampus does visit. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, does he like alcohol? But, uh, we're gonna get to that.
0: <laughs> Perchtenlauf and Krampuslauf; those were already established or there were already established pagan traditions in the Alpine regions that became intertwined with Catholicism. People would masquerade as a devilish figure known as Perkt, a two-legged humanoid goat with a draft like neck wearing animal furs. Once again, goat references. People wore costumes and marched in processions known as Perktenlaufen, which were, are regarded as an earlier form of the Krampus Runs, I wonder if that's kind of like a Santa
1: ride.
0: <laughs> Perchtenlaufen were looked at with suspicion by the Catholic Church and banned by some civil authorities. Due to sparse population and rugged environments within the Alpine region, the ban was not effective or easily enforced, rendering the ban useless. Eventually, the Perchtenlauf, inspired by the Nicholas plays, introduced Saint Nicholas and his set of good morals. The Perkt transformed into what is now known as the Krampus and was made to be subject to St. Nicholas's will. Now, it is customary to offer Krampus schnapps, a strong distilled fruit brandy. These runs may include Perchten, similarly wild pagan spirits of Germanic folklore, and sometimes female in representation, although the Perchten are properly associated With the period between winter solstice and January 6th. Which, guess what happened last night? Solstice.
1: Solstice did happen last night. Yep. And we are now in the time of epiphany. Yes. As we have learned over the last month. So at
0: any point in time, we could wind up getting visited by the Now, every year, there are arguments during Krampus runs. Occasionally, spectators take revenge for whippings and attack Krampuses. In 2013, after several Krampus runs in East Tyrol, a total of eight injured people, mostly with broken bones, were admitted to the Lienz District Hospital, and over 60 other patients were treated on an outpatient basis. Basically, Krampus got turned into a pinata, and the the people of the world wanted to take their revenge. Like I wonder how many times a parent may have dressed up as Krampus and whipped their child, or, or so many people growing up hearing the stories of Krampus and what he was about and everything else. And they're like, it's a Krampus, get him! And they all just wound up taking their own switches and started like smacking these people. Which one's the real one? I don't know. Let's get them all. I like just scene started in, smacking them.
1: Uh, v for Vendetta. Yeah, which one On is the, the kid real? wearing the mask gets shot instead of V. Yeah, cuz it was a mistake. Right. Now,
0: Krampus Carton, which we talked about earlier mm-hmm. as the greeting cards, um, have it been exchanging greeting cards featuring Krampus since the 19th century, sometimes introduced with Gruß von Krampus, greetings from Krampus. The cards usually have humorous rhymes and poems. Krampus is often featured looming menacingly over children. He is also shown as having one human foot and one cloven hoof. In some, Krampus has sexual overtones. He is pictured pursuing buxom women. Over time, the representation of Krampus in the cards has changed. With older versions having a more frightening Krampus, while modern versions have a cuter, more Cupid-like creature, Krampus is also adorned postcards and candy containers. I just had a thought while
1: reading that.
0: So he likes whips
1: and chains and bigger women. Nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with him? However,
0: like I said, just reading this and part of it... um, over menacingly, or looming menacingly over children, uh, but also has been shown to have more of a uh, cuter, more Cupid like mm-hmm. creature,
1: the Grinch. Mm-hmm. I have a fun question for you. What's up? <clears throat> so we know that Dr. Seuss created the word Grinch. Okay. With this character. The word, like being a Grinch, didn't exist until he created this book. Right. Was the Grinch this thing's name? They call him Mr. Grinch, the Grinch, the who's calling him the Grinch. Or is the Grinch a race of things? And he was just left in the wrong place. So they know him as a Grinch. You know, those things that live further south than us. The Grinches. Since we're Whos, they're Grinches. And, you know, this whole... There's snarkle lopsops or whatever the birds and monkeys and stuff Dr. Seuss has his own universe of creatures that he's created words for these things so me and Maddie were talking the other day and we came to this conclusion of like is he the only Grinch or was he just left in the wrong place when these storks were bringing babies did the stork should the stork have went past Whoville Further south and that's where Grinches live.
0: So I Is I, he a Grinch? I, I saw this posted on Facebook on, a, really? on another friend's Is thing. he is it his race? And I and I simply, Or is it just a name they I, gave him? I simply just commented yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> whatever you want it to be.
0: <laughs> now now if you go off of the because they don't cover this in the animated
1: No. No, it's but just in he's the,
0: there. in the live, you wind up seeing at the beginning and a portion of the movie where they're doing like the the flashback, that the um the babies the baby who's or whatever were floating down in, and mm-hmm. the the wind blew weird or or he wound up like kicking one of the other ones off off course or off kilter, so that yes, one hundred percent does lead me. Lead me to believe that more than likely what would have happened is that there is another There's race race
1: because of beings book, that would be the grinches in the book and the movie and the animated when he's saving Cindy Lou he's picking up the sleigh yes he found the strength of two grinches or ten grinches plus two right. K- kind of hinting at so like so there are multiple multiple grinches like yes. oh he was stronger than other grinches in that moment
0: the 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 grinches are who's that evolved different or or i'm I'm looking at it more along the lines of like a, a um if they were the the reason that they have a negative connotation is they were either outcast for some reason mm-hmm. from, you know, the main who population mm-hmm. uh, or it's a sense of like a a regional adaptation, like not necessarily that a group of them were outcast to begin with because of mm-hmm. whatever their differences may have been maybe some of them decided to venture out to another area, and throughout time evolution, mm-hmm. they adapted to that area. Grew hair. Yeah. Um, kind of
1: like Sasquatch or Bigfoot <coughs> or I something.
0: Well, looking at it in more of a fictitious yeah. um, regular elves versus drow elves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. South Pole
1: elf over North Pole elf. Yeah, a wood elf versus a, a Macaroni plain penguins elf. versus typical penguins. Yeah. They developed different type of feathering and yeah. just evolved over time. Another question.
0: Same genus. Yeah. Same, Another question. Same
1: species, just a sub... This Whoville in the movie is on a snowflake. A single snowflake. So when that snowflake <laughs> melts, do they all just die? It, it's, it's a <laughs> and version They're just like, of, ah! Well, I, It's like Pompeii for them. Right. Um,
0: oddly enough, we I watched the last 30 minutes of this last night. Yeah. And I saw, you know, the tail ending of the movie. Yeah. And you're doing the zoom out, and yes, it comes off of a, a single That's snowflake, no almost the same. The the little poof ball.
1: Horton, here's a who. Horton, here's yeah. a who.
0: Um,
1: so if the snowflake melts, are they all just like, well, here we go. <laughs> but maybe it's a situation to where
0: Quantum Realm style. Yeah the the time the pocket dimension to them uh uh transpires so much differently that by the time that snowflake that formed in the cloud winds up hitting the ground and eventually does For them melt it's thousands of years it's been yeah. yeah it's been thousands of years at that point yeah. so yeah they would have a catastrophic or <laughs> cataclysmic event well, that wiped everything of. out and but i mean it's also a, a Draws parallel to to potentially even our existence, yeah. and what you saw at the ending of the first Men in Black movie.
1: Yeah, are we just in a locker? Yeah, <laughs> at some. Or, uh, are we just in a, a marble bag of yeah, some? A little marble you know, bag of some alien
0: cosmic being.
1: So yeah, back to Krampus. That just that that was it was just since we were talking about the Grinch and stuff. Those
0: no, were, and those totally. were some thoughts
1: that I, I I've had lately.
0: And again, like I say, I mean the correlation—the fact that could the Grinch could could Seuss have used Krampus or that whole dynamic as yeah. you know maybe as, as as inspiration for it and it just being an Americanized version. And oh, let's just Harry. be
1: clear: I don't think the Grinch hated Christmas; it's people he hated. People, yeah. It up, like if you break it down mathematically, it's people.
0: It, he didn't like the who's, and because they're loud. Are, if you are a Grinch. If yep. you were of that if you were either ostracized or you chose to where leave where too
1: many people gather and make noise, he hates it.
0: Yeah. He it's the noise. I it's completely all the understand. obsessive noise. <laughs> and grinches <laughs> Grinch grinches <was probably>, right. <laughs> grinches probably are more family structure like yeah. Sasquatch, what Timmy said yeah. Sasquatch would be like in those smaller mm-hmm. family units that are spread out over a large area they like, probably look, they you probably can come live over to swamp.
1: dinner but don't stay okay they're
0: southerners they're southerners Grinches are southerners absolutely whereas you wind up Grinches are below the Mason Dixon Who's are above the Mason Dixon you have some Hoos love that, that can that. tolerate going down into the south and you have some Grinch Russia who can talk. yeah who can wind up going in you know and that's part of why he's you know I'm hairy but I'm up here in the north and it's, yeah it's, it's
1: freaking it's, cold up here yeah, yeah.
0: That's another uh, reason to be bitter. Boom. Now re- there are regional variations. Um, different areas tell different stories. Yes. of Krampus. Uh, Krampus appears in the folklore of Austria, Bavaria, Bosnia, and Herzegovnia, Govina, Croatia, and the Czech Republic, Hungary, Romania, Northern Italy. Ooh. Autonomously, the province of Trento and South Tyrol as well as Fruli, Venetia, Guila, Slovakia, and Slovenia. In Styria, the root, uh, which is the bundle of reeds or switches, is presented by Krampus to families. The twigs are painted gold and displayed year-round in the house as a reminder to (laughs) any child who has temporarily forgotten Krampus.
1: Go pick your own switch out.
0: Stockings are a symbol to remember Santa Claus is coming, but we also have the the switch that Krampus left. In case you were bad, we're going to wind up using it. Uh, like um, Tim Allen's the Santa Claus. If you ever want to see me, buddy, just shake the globe, and yeah. I'll wind up being here. I'm going to wind up picking up this switch, and if I draw it back, I'm going to draw back, but Krampus is going <laughs> to take my place and he's gonna whop 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 whenever he does the big drawback again (laughs) it's gonna wind up going back to me standing there so don't make me grab that switch um in smaller more isolated villages the figure has other beastly companions such as the antlered wild man figures and saint nicholas is nowhere to be seen These Styrian companions of Krampus are called Schabmanner or Rohan, the writers of Rohan. (laughs) A toned-down version of Krampus is part of the other popular Christmas markets in Austrian urban centers like Salzburg. In these, more tourist-friendly interpretations of Krampus is a more humorous than fearsome. Now, North American Krampus celebrations are a growing phenomenon, I guess, with yeah. as much people or with as many people who are uh, defecting, in a sense, to the United States um, once they get into some gatherings and uh, like, what would be a little Bavaria or a mm-hmm. little Slovenia, like whatever, things like that. Uh, similar figures are recorded in neighboring areas. Uh, Strobart and Bavaria... Klauboff man in Austria and Bavaria, while Bartel or Bartel, Niglo Bartel, and Wubartel are used in the southern part of the country. Other names include Beryl or Bartholomus, Schmutzli, Piopel or Hulepopel, Zimber, Belzemart, Pelsmartel. Uh, those being in different, uh, Swabia, Franconia, Würzburg, Cheb, um German-speaking Switzerland. But in most parts of Slovenia, whose culture was greatly affected by Austrian culture, Krampus is called Parkij and is one of the companions of Miklavs, the Slovenian form of St. Nicholas. And In many parts of Bosnia and Herzegovania and Croatia, Krampus is described as a devil wearing a cloth sack around his waist and chains around his neck, ankles, and wrists. As part of a tradition, when a child receives a gift from St. Nicholas, he is given a golden branch to represent his good deeds throughout the year. However, if the child has misbehaved, Krampus will take the gifts for himself and leave only a silver branch to represent the child's bad acts. Give me a gift, you're getting a silver stick. In other popular culture, the character of Krampus has been imported and modified for various North American media, including Print, The Devil of Christmas, a collection of vintage postcards by Monte Beauchamp in 2004, Krampus, The Yule Lord, a 2012 novel by Gerald Brom, Krampus, a comic series from Image Comics in 2013 created by Dean Kotz and Brian Joins. Television, both live action, A Krampus Carol, 2012 episode of The League. And animation, A Very Venture Christmas, a 2004 episode of The Venture Brothers. Minstrel Krampus, a 2013 episode of American Dad. That's the one I was referring to Mm -hmm. earlier. In the video games Carn Evil, a 1998 arcade game. The Binding of Isaac Rebirth, a 2014 video game. And, of course, the Krampus film in 2015 that you talked about earlier, released from
1: Universal Pictures as a comedy horror. And there are sequels. I have not seen them, (laughs) because those typically suck worse. (laughs) But there are sequels.
0: (laughs) Now, of course, if you want to go in and see your own images of Krampus, um, you're definitely more than welcome to just type it into a Google search field and go to... Um, at the images tab. uh, But also look and see what different costumes people, uh, especially overseas in Europe, have used as far as costumes Mm -hmm. to represent Krampus. Now some other related figures that have been part of the Krampus or Krampus adjacent lore include Belsnickel.
1: Belsnickel, I judge you, Impish.
0: The German Christmas gift bringer, which is another West Germanic figure associated with the midwinter period. Uh, one that we mentioned earlier throughout this Perkta, the German alpine goddess, a female figure in West Germanic folklore whose procession occurs during the midwinter period. Other pre Christian alpine traditions, which are primitive rituals based on folklore uh, and pre Christian alpine traditions. Uh, Germanic paganism Uh, of course we've talked about goat man at extent and the use of goats in the what seems to be evil Mm -hmm. Uh, and that may be something that we'll have to look into at some point in time maybe next Halloween or something like that why do goats get used in negative connotation whenever it comes to these things Uh, green man which is an architectural motif Um, holly king and oak King, which are personifications of winter and summer, mm-hmm. uh, the Yule Goat, a Scandinavian decorative Christmas straw goat, and a goat associated with the midwinter period of the North Germanic peoples. And I'm sure that we're going to have to look more into just German folklore as to where it seems more than likely that's where a lot of this. Um, yeah, and because of course
1: Germanic is is descendant of uh, uh, Gaelic. Yeah, and then the, a lot of those went on to to make what we have now in Pennsylvania Dutch. Yes. A lot of that, derived, which is some Pennsylvania Dutch, even here in America still, to this day, believe in Belschnickel. Yes. And celebrate the whole, like, don't be impish.
0: And another one that you wind up seeing this time of year, and that also goes along with the caroling and wassailing. Ooh. Mary Lude you know what I'm talking about there no you don't know the story of Mary Lude or the Mm -mm. the tradition of Mary Lude the Mary Lude is a wassailing folk custom found in South Wales the tradition entails the use of an eponymous hobby horse which is made from a horse's skull mounted on a pole and carried by an individual hidden under a sack cloth But that's not all. The merry Lude... um, The custom first recorded in 1800 with subsequent accounts of it being produced into the early 20th century. The merry Lude is a tradition performed at Christmas time by groups of men who would accompany the horse on its travels around the local area. And although the makeup of such groups varied, they typically included an individual to carry the horse a leader and individuals dressed as stock characters such as Punch and Judy. The men would carry the merry Lou to local houses where they would request entry through Song. The householders would be expected to deny them entry again through Song and the two sides would continue their responses to one another in this manner. If the householders eventually relented, the team would be permitted entry and given food and drink. They would go door to door... And the 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 carolers, mm-hmm. but they were dressed up as the Mary Lude mm. would try to get into the house, but they were more relentless about coming in and getting food and or drink from the people in the house, but they had to do it in a sing-song or poem manner, um, rhymes, um uh, uh not quizzes but uh um riddles riddles yes, thank you uh, I was getting ready to try to say what Bilbo and andsme and, and gollum did, and yeah. did riddles, riddles yes. uh wound up doing riddles um and that's how you <laughs> wind up uh bantering back and forth until you either. Hold steadfast, Mm -hmm. and and they get tired and decide, all right, well, we're going somewhere else. But usually, it's a situation to where you would allow them in and be able to, oh, hey, all right, cool, we had fun. Ah, the banter was fun. Here, have some, you know,
1: chips and soda. One of the things you talked about earlier that I would absolutely not like to physically be a part of, like, it takes a lot to actually, like, creep me out, scare me. Like, one thing I will say, clowns, I don't do clowns. But these Krampus runs that some cultures still do, dressing up as Krampus and running through the town. No, thank you. If you were to see something like that just running
0: through the town and and running up and just going, booga, booga, booga. No, thanks. No, People would be fun. I mean,
1: kudos to some of their talents for making these things. Right. They're cosplay champions, but...
0: (laughs) Would you... Would no, you, thanks. Would you not?
1: Like, I'd punch. If something came barreling at me looking like that, poof. my first reaction is to swing or kick. Right. Because it's a creature that shouldn't exist in the wild. Right. <laughs> so I don't so, think there's a child or so, there's a person in a suit. I immediately think I have to save myself. Right. So
0: so earlier, the, the group of people that wound up taking switches and mm, beating these Krampuses is like... Me. Yeah, I'd all beat, right. I'd beat, I'd beat I the mean...
1: Daylight. I'd beat the brakes off of something if it ran up to me. A few other
0: uh, associated um, creatures. Uh, the Namahaj, a uh, Japanese folklore character associated with the New Year's ritual. Okay. Um, this one pronounced is hilarious. Um... Nyttitiepuki That's the best way I can it's okay, N U U T T I P U K K I Scandinavian holiday uh and also a creature in Finnish folklore Okay uh malevolent goblin in southeastern European and Anatolian folklore also a creature in Balkan folklore Okay Knecht Ruprecht a compa- companion of Saint Nicholas in Germanic folklore Koliada, ancient pre-Christian Slavic winter festival and ancient pre-Christian Slavic festival where participants wear masks and costumes and run around. Turon, creature in Polish folklore. Dead Moroz, Christmas figure in Eastern Slavic cultures. Sinterklaas, who we had talked about beforehand. Legendary figure based on St. Nicholas, celebrated in the Low Countries on the 5th or 6th of December has a companion called Zwarte Piet, or Black Pete, who is used to punish the bad children yeah. with a row and kidnap them in bags to Spain. But now, be better, be good. You better be good or you're going to wind up getting thrown in a bag by Black Pete and taken to Spain.
1: <laughs> no one wants to go to Spain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. But nowadays, they're just as friendly as Claus. And give sweets and presents to all children. Um Tovanje, eleven day carnival in event in Slovenia. The wild man, another mythical creature, mm. this one that's covered with hair. Uh has probably at points in time been described as having horns and or sharpened teeth. Uh Sylvester
1: Claus... or Sylvester Claus no, Santa this isn't Sylvester. This is not Sylvester. <laughs> you know those brothers, Christmas Santa and Sylvester. Santa deals with the good kids. Sylvester deals with the bad.
0: Hey, hey. hey Yo, if you don't uh, straighten up, I'm gonna get uh, <laughs> Polly and me, and uh, we're gonna come over there, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna set you straight. What do you what do you think, yo? Hey, Adrian, won't you won't you come get this punk some? some coal or something. Uh, But Sylvester Kloss is a Swiss New Year's Eve celebration featuring a musical procession of performers in grotesque costumes. And last but not least, what could potentially be the ultimate negative version of Krampus, especially in Native American folklore, that being the Wendigo.
1: I was about to make parallels when some of these people, how some of these people describe Krampus almost sounds like a wendigo. Yeah. In some aspects.
0: Uh, covered in hair, horns. Bast. uh, Yes. Uh, sharp teeth. All those different things. Um... Guys, that's pretty much all I've got as far as Krampus right now. Um, of course, there's many other things that we can potentially look into. Uh, and one thing that I think we're probably going to save for some more Patreon content, if you haven't already signed up for that, make mm. sure that you wind up checking out the Patreon links and see which level you are willing to go ahead and sign up for. Of course, each level is going to come, come with some uh, good... Behind-the-scenes content, some uh, not normally Extra heard through, footage. Yes, all sorts of extras, uh, including stuff from the distillery, from the studio, uh, from all over. Um, but going to talk about, probably on another episode, or like I said, for some Patreon content, the correlation of a particular type of mushroom and the Santa Claus story mm. because there is a a red and white mushroom that is consumed by deer in specific areas and yeah there's a whole story um that correlates Santa Claus and this particular type of mushroom so some, some fun stuff to to head on over to Patreon uh, and check out as well as uh, some of the other stuff that we had on Santa Claus from um, earlier this week or last week rather and for any and all other extra content that you may want to check out over on the um, Studio 66 Patreon site so
1: absolutely one of those things that uh A certain tier always gets is uncut, unedited, full-length, no-doctor, ring-done episodes. So, like, before the edited and version that goes on our regular Between Two Barrels podcast platform earlier today before it dropped Patre- a certain tier on Patreon got the uncut, unedited full conversation. Literally just literally all just the us audio. Talking, just from, all audio.
0: From the time Opie yes. hit record to yes. the
1: time we hit stop. Yes. All of that is so included. So you, you, in those you'll hear you know, mistakes, mess ups, uh, side schedule, conversations, our schedule, discussions of, of What are we doing coming up? Yeah. Uh, so So that's one of my favorite things to to get when i because i'm a patreon member of a few other podcasts from around the country and one of my favorite things is hearing that stuff and seeing like wow before they cut it like how much they actually cut out and you know is is on the quote unquote cutting room floor right that's where our patreon lies it is the cutting room floor it's all in our patreon so depending on what tier you're going to get different uncut versions of different shows different projects bloopers gag reels deleted scenes, uh, anything you can think of. Sometimes
0: extended periods of silence.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <All laughs> you just hear scrolling just through ambient. Phones. Yeah, you just hear ambient <laughs> Or bathroom sounds. breaks. Or, yeah. Or you hear it busy and be like, hey, they need our help. <laughs> right, yeah.
0: You'll hear us yelling from down in the bottom or uh, just like one of the last recording days, someone was trying to get into our
1: maintenance closet and yeah. you just hear me yell out, "Can, can I, I help, help you?" <laughs> that is on that episode. Yes, for Patreon fans, you can hear Brian yelling at a, at a curious customer. I Not first, yelling
0: at, just like you know, I, adamantly I thought, making sure that they understood. When that I looked being over seen. and saw that
1: it was kids, I was afraid that they had like put in the little put in a smaller sibling and then locked it. Well, I was like, you want to play, that's you wanna not play funny. Harry Potter? Yeah, just shoved him in the closet and locked it. You're and gonna that's live not funny. In that the, was done in the cupboard me under the Don't stairs. do that. Don't do that. No more locked doors. I have PTSD about that, thanks to my cousin. Ugh, don't do that. But, but yeah, any any way you can support, even just not Patreon, just listening to our regular show leaving a like and a review, sharing our stuff on social media, any support that you give to Studio 66 shows is we're so thankful for. It helps us immensely and and helps spread the word of Studio 66 and all of its its podcasts and projects. So, thank you. Just a huge shout out to you. Yeah, y'all.
0: absolutely. Um if this is how you have found us directly through Studio 66 or just the podcast And you hear all of the different sites and social medias and stuff that we mention. Mm -hmm. um, Make sure you head over to Tennessee Legend Distillery. uh, Like and follow any of their social media pages uh, on both Facebook, Instagram. Um, There are multiples on there. If you want to have the one that's closest associated, uh, make sure you do the Sevco or Sevier County locations page. Uh, but there's also a Cookville and a Nashville. So even if you're not in any of those areas, go ahead and give a, a, a like or a follow or like and follow to all of them uh, because it definitely helps us out. Of course, Studio 66, every single one of those different products is all under one banner under the Studio 66. Like mm-hmm. Hopi said, uh, not only the Between Two Barrels, but you will also get 30 and Nerdy as well as the Cocky Top podcast through Studio 66. And if you're a fan of YouTube, make sure and check us out over there. After the first of the year, we're hoping Mm -hmm. to actually be able to include live video feeds. Or not necessarily live video feeds, but video feeds of us Mm. um, doing the Between Two Barrels and Cocky Top podcast up here in the loft. And uh, they may even be doing the same thing. Tyler and uh, Josh may be doing the same thing with the 30 and Nerdy episodes whenever those get recorded and being able to bring you those on video as well. Uh, of course, anytime you do have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, suggestions, mm. answering any questions, have any questions for us, anything like that, uh, email us at tldtube23 at gmail.com, and we will answer those as quickly as possible. Um, like we opened up with, we hope that you had a very Merry Christmas and hope that you have a Happy New Year. T Mac?
1: Absolutely. Have a great rest of your December. We'll catch you on the next episode. Be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. Happy holidays, and cheers to you, legends.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Between Two Barrels. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, Follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. To do so, search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com tldstudio66 for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, dldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe, or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio, as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.